morning. to just take a minute and listen to this song. You turn it up just a little bit. Just listen. God does unusual things. Have four pages of notes. I started off one, two, three, four. And last night he moved four to the number one slot. <laughs> he just does things that are different. First Peter two nine says we are a peculiar people you ever wondered about that what makes us peculiar it's not wealth although we are to be wealthy God wants us to prosper it's not teaching ability there are great teachers out there that are not godly it's not athletic ability. It's not musical ability. So what makes us a peculiar people? Walking in the supernatural is what will make us a peculiar people. Because if anything in the natural, there is somebody out there that's not godly that can do it. So it's got to be something in the spirit realm that makes us a peculiar people. We were up here praying some last night about revelations. You know a revelation can come forth in here. <laughs> Going to today. And it can go right past you. It can go right, it can actually, we've heard things say things can go one in one ear and out the other. That's the truth. Revelations can go past us. So we're going to ask God right now, personally, to open our ears 
Yes, Lord, we ask that you open our ears. Let the revelations that go forth today, let us receive them into our spirit. Because we can receive them into our mind and they don't do us any good. Um, yes, open up our spirits. See, this song talks about lift your vision higher. It's a key word in that song. Your, your, well, it says, lift your vision higher. Your vision. This, corporately, this is our vision right here. Taking place right now. But we were praying, and I sh we saw that some people, we have to embrace this vision. Not, not just be a, am I fixing to preach your word? Well, to hear it twice will be good. But we have to embrace this vision. There's a saying out there at the mill that management has put forth as far as our pieces of equipment that we run. He's, he's, they've told us, take ownership. Take ownership in your piece of equipment. That, basically what that means is you take it and you treat it like it's yours. You treat it like it belongs to you. If something's broke on it, you do whatever it's necessary to get it fixed. You fix it if you can. If you can't, you make sure somebody else does. You get it fixed. You take ownership. Some people like this vision. They agree with this vision of freedom, of setting the captives free, and in the prayer, they, they agree with it but they've yet to take ownership. <laughs> they've yet to take ownership. And I can, one way you can tell if you've taken ownership is if you, as Sister Julie mentioned this morning, is if you participate in it. We can be a spectator of what goes on here and not be a participator. A participator does what? They participate. They're not just, they don't just sit and watch and see what takes place. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 10. It's <laughs> one of your scriptures, too. Okay. So mark it in your Bible because you're going to hear it again. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 10. This is the vision of Freedom Ministries. In case you don't know. It says, See, I have this day set thee over the nations, over the kingdoms, to root out, 
to pull down, to destroy, and to throw down, to build, and to plant. This has to be done in the spirit realm. It's done through prayer. And the only way it can be done through prayer is when we have a personal relationship with God. Because if we try and do these things without that, it'll be like, well, it's like Sister Julie mentioned this morning again. We'll be doing something that sounds good. If God tells us to do something, we know that we can do it. You've heard the saying before, I know, I just saw it this morning, it just come to me. A bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. Y'all ever heard that? Most of us have heard that. A bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. As I was driving here this morning, God reminded me of that. But he said, a word in the hand is worth two in the bush. So what does that mean? A word that he has spoken to us is worth two or three or however many that we just try and say, well, I've got a problem. Let me see. This right here fits. I'm going to use this. That, that's, grabbing at a, that's grabbing at a bird in the bush. It looks good, sounds good, but it, it's not going to work. It's not yours. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, been reading some in Dr. Emil's book and he talks about God being an impersonal God and he's also a personal God people don't have a problem with God being impersonal most folks they believe in God they yeah God's out there the man upstairs we've heard all of these things That's, that is not a personal relationship that is an impersonal. We're looking at God as he is out there somewhere. And he's just kind of watching over us, letting us do our own thing. But when we see God as a personal God, well, one thing that when we see God as not impersonal, when we see God as an impersonal God, we uh, have a tendency to take credit for our own victories. We don't give him credit. We hear people, I done this, I done that, and give, never give God credit for anything. But when he becomes personal, that's when we begin to give him credit. Because we realize that he is the one. He is the one that caused it. That's what happened to Abram. He, after that battle and Melchizedek blessed him, he saw God as a personal God. That's when he began to realize that God was the one. He was the reason he won that victory. It didn't have nothing to do with Abraham. God had his hand on him. And that's why he won that victory. When we see God as personal, it creates a dependency upon God. We begin to depend on him. We begin to have conversations with him. 
he brought out that Abraham had not had a conversation with God until he had that encounter with Melchizedek. I didn't even know that. You know, I thought Abraham started out walking with God, but apparently he did not. He didn't talk to God. He did whatever he felt he should do and went on about his business. He knew there was a God, but he didn't have no personal relationship until that point. And you know, tithing is an act of relating to God personally. It's a personal thing. Because I can't tithe your money. I have to tithe my own. And that makes it very personal. I tithe what I have worked, what I have spent 40 hours out the mill. I tithe that. And it becomes personal. And I just, I saw that What a lot, where a lot of people have a hang-up on tithing and giving. Is they think that tithing and giving is, a, if I can get it put out, get that out there where I've seen it. They don't see it as a personal connection to God. They see it as the church wants my money. They don't look beyond that. Their vision hasn't been lifted to the point to see to that they see that it is giving to God. Yes, we're giving to the church, but we're giving to God through the church. Because in Malachi 3, it says the tithe belongs to God. It doesn't say it belongs to the local church. But it does tell, tell us in Corinthians, though, that the finances that come into the church are to be used to support the ministers. So that's its purpose. Dr. Mills brought out there are two primary reasons God established tithing. One is it produces faith by causing us to relate to God in a pers- to a personal God. And then it provides for the funding of the ministry. What, we, what I really want to get into is starting in Romans 10, 17. It says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And I wrote this right out of his book, basically. I don't know any other way to explain it other than what he did. It means that God is the one who initiates the production of faith in us. Without God, no word is released to move faith into becoming a working principle in us. You understand that? God's got to speak to us. (laughs) It means that God is the one who initiates the production. He produces faith in us. 
Without God, no word is released to move faith into becoming a working principle. Faith does not begin to work until God speaks a word to us and we act upon it. That's when faith begins to work. That's different than I've heard people say, I got faith, I got all the faith in the world, but they ain't asking God nothing. You know, just doing, you know I know God can, but that's not faith. not faith. Knowing that God can fix things or make things right. But faith is, faith comes with the word. And all I have to do is step out on that word. And, and not look at my circumstances, but look at that word. Or obey what, whatever the word was that he said do. And that's when, that's faith. When I act on that word. Not just believing that God can fix something. Amen. Anything else is just picking and choosing. And hoping God lines up with it. God doesn't line up with what we want him to line up with. We line up with what God wants. We know that to be the truth. But as Minister Barbara was saying, that is here where a lot of people are. They, they grab a word out of the Bible. They go through a situation. They will grab a word out of the Bible because it applies. It sounds good for that situation. So they will grab that and they will lay claim to it. And it's like, you can say, you can grab that word and say, I believe, I believe, I believe it, I believe it, I believe it, I believe it, and I believe it some more, and I still believe it, and I 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 believe it, and then nothing happens. Well, must not have been God's will. But when he speaks that word, we know it's his will. That's, that's the difference. There comes a knowing, and with that knowing, there comes an ability to step out. If we wait to step out because we're afraid or we're not sure, then we're going to have to go. We might go for ages and ages. We're going to have to come right back to that spot where he said, this is what you do. Are we not? Everything's just going to be... It's going to come back around. Yeah. We've heard the phrase, circle that mountain one more time. Oh, yeah. Depends on how many trips we want to make around the mountain. (laughs) Yes. And we've all done that. We've all waited. Or I say we all, I'll speak to myself. I have. I've waited. Thought I heard God. That's the first thing. We think we hear God, but we don't step out. We think, well, we'll just see. And then next thing we know, the opportunity has passed. And then when it passes, you realize, oh, I did hear God. (laughs) But God will keep giving us opportunities. He will give us opportunities to step out. 
Let's go ahead. When you was talking like that, I, I, I was just thinking at the time that God spoke to me about early situation. And I didn't even have him on my mind one way or the other, yet, yet I knew I was there with him. But when he spoke and said, uh, be still and know that I'm God, I took that word literally and ran with it. I didn't talk nothing but that word. And, I, and uh, even though uh, at times it looked like things wasn't going to work out, but I stayed on that word. I stayed what God told me because I knew that wasn't the devil telling me that. So I stayed with that word. When he spoke that word, uh, I literally rose up in the spirit and just, just kept talking what he said. What he said, what he said, because if he said it, he'll back it up. That, that's, that's the truth right there. If he said it, he'll back it up. Because his word says that his word will not return void. It does not say that my word won't return void. And that's what a lot of people speak is my word. But he said his word. And his elder just said, when he spoke that word to her, she spoke nothing but that word. And we may think that we're speaking nothing but that word by not speaking negative, but we can also add to that word. We can add this word to that word. And that's not right either. That's not trusting that word. We have a tendency, if he gives us a word, I've done that in teaching before. He'd give me a word, and I think, well, that's not, that's not quite enough. I need more ammo than that. I need more than one bullet. And we add to it. David used that one. Hallelujah. He said in there that faith is not humanly originated. It is a divine initiative of God. It is a spiritual work. John 4, 24. I'm going to read this first. It says, Faith is a matter of God who is spirit, releasing his word, which is spirit, into our innermost being to be received by our human spirit. That's all spirit. It is all spirit. John 24 tells us that God is spirit and we worship him in spirit and in truth. So what is the truth? What he speaks. We worship him when we step out on his word. John 6, 65 says, No man can come unto Jesus except by God. In Romans eight sixteen, the Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit 
So faith is a matter of God who is spirit, releasing his word, which is spirit, into our innermost being to be received by our human spirit. Let's look at James 2. All of this has to happen because we hear because of a relationship. You know, we can't even step out in faith without a relationship. We have to be able to hear God and know it was God and step out. James 2, verse 14 What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works? Can faith save him? Verse 17. Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. In verse 8, I think it's 18. Yea, a man may say, Though thou, thou hast faith and I have works, show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. When is the last time God has spoken to you and told you to do something and you stepped out and did it? And you can answer if you want to or just think about it. When is the last time God spoke to you and you know he spoke and you were willing to step forth and do so and do what he said? We saw something that I'd never really seen about faith the other day when we were praying up here. That we can, uh, God can speak to us and give us a word. I mean, we're praying and God speaks to us and give us a word. But we're really not operating in faith until we step into that word that's the point where the supernatural begins to take place that's the point when God begins to show up that's the point when we really can say that we believe it's when we step into it and I'm sure this morning, some of y'all are going to have an opportunity during the service to step into something that God, something new, something God has told you to do, something God speaks to you about. I gotta, I'm going to tell y'all a little bit about Wednesday night. tell it again I'm not a I'm used to teaching this age group Elder Barbara asked me if I would teach the youth Wednesday night like I was telling, telling them in prayer I didn't relate to that age group 
when I was that age. I didn't. I did not relate to them well when I was one. (laughs) And now I've got to go and teach them. That was uncomfortable. Matter of fact, I was praying for somebody else to be off. (laughs) I'm just, that's just the way it was. But I did pray when I found out that, it, that I was going to have to teach them. God gave me a word for them. I had it all laid out in order, as teachers do. We went up there that Wednesday night. That's where the men met that Wednesday night. I had Elder Ernie with me. Well, you can earn him with me. <laughs> Brother Kim with me. It's back up. They were up there. We were just sitting there before it started. You know, and the kids were kind of loud. Weren't too loud. They weren't unruly. They were good kids. And then the praise and worship started. And I'd done, done talk to them. And said, they'd done told me how it went, you know, Josh. Y'all should lead praise and worship. And then after that, I would teach. The kids would sit down. And I would teach. I done had my Bible laying on this little rolling podium. And I done playing. When he gets through and they move, I'm going to roll this in. Done got it figured out. I'm going to roll this in there right here. Spread my notes out. And I'm fixing to teach. And they're going to be sitting on the floor. No, that's not how it went at all not even close (laughs) I was standing there behind him and Josh was singing he was playing his heart out in the Holy Spirit I just just, I'm talking about just this little thought just this little thought because God doesn't usually come in thunderous voices they might start with, but it's just this little thought. He told me to walk over there by Josh. That's about all he said. Walk over there. Because I, I noticed that they weren't entering in to the worship like they should. Walk over there. I had no clue as to what I was going to say. I had a choice when he told me that right then. I could have stayed there and said, but I have a good lesson. And when Josh gets through, everything will be okay. When he gets through and they sit down, I'm going to bring forth a good word. Because it was a good word. But I had that choice right then. walk over there and stand beside Josh not knowing what was fixing to come out of my mouth or go, go with what I had. Well, I'm not going to say I run over there instantly. It took a few seconds. It took a little bit. 
I walked over there, and that's where we, and it, it just went from there. I did not, I don't think I even opened my Bible. I had to get my notes because I had one scripture that I had broken down that I wanted them to hear. And that was it. It just went from there. I just spoke what God told me to speak, did what he said on the spot. It just, it just flowed. I was amazed. And I've seen some stuff. You know, in here, I've seen some stuff take place. But sometimes this can be a comfortable spot. That was not a comfortable spot. But it didn't take long till that was comfortable. Those youths that I could not relate to were gathered around so close, we literally backed Josh up against the wall. Amen. And it's all because of obedience. I heard that little voice, and I stepped with it. Did not know the outcome. I did not have a clue. But that's what we're talking about, about walking in faith, is we got to do that. But to get to that place requires a relationship. It all goes back to that. It all goes back to spending time with God. I know that sometimes we're afraid that we that we can't hear God and that we might mess up, it might be wrong. I gave a, a young lady a word in church one day years ago. She's somewhere sitting over here. I didn't know whether I was right or wrong. I was talking to God about it. He said, but what did it hurt? What did it hurt? It didn't hurt her. It may not have changed anything, but it did not hurt her. And I heard a minister say one time that God can take us crooked stick and hit a straight lick with it. We don't have to be perfect. We don't have to get it exactly right. All we got to do is just let God get a hold of us, our crooked stick self, and and let him use us. That's all we got to, that's really all we got to do. We just got to we just got to be willing to step into the whatever he tells us to do. Whether it's right, wrong, it doesn't matter. It will become right. We step into it enough, it will become right. That's the thing. We all mess up when we start. And I'm going to tell you, I'll I'm going to mess up again. I know I am. <laughs> As long as I'm in this earthly body, I'm going to say some things that may not be right. I may have going to do some things that may not be right. But as long as I keep pushing forward, they're going to begin to pull together. They're going to become farther and farther apart. 
and then you're going to begin to line up. What do you think about when David David confronted Goliath? He stepped out. He was not afraid. But why was he not afraid? He already had that relationship with God. Excuse me. That he had developed in the wilderness. He had that relationship where he knew. He knew that if he stepped out, God was going to be there. He knew it. That's why he was, and he picked up some extra stones. But it wasn't for Goliath. It wasn't in case he missed Goliath. Goliath had brothers. Yeah. He, he, wasn't, he wasn't afraid that his first stone was going to ricochet off Goliath's helmet. That wasn't his problem. He, will not, he, he knew that Goliath had brothers. And he was ready for them too. He, did not, he was not concerned about that. I know we have, a ten, we have a tendency that we pray and ask God, God, do this, do this, do this, help me, help me, help me. We hear it. We've done it. We've all done it. But what did God tell Moses when they come up against the Red Sea? Hmm. Lift his staff. God, Moses was talking to God saying, God, you got to do something here. And God just said, you do something. It's, it's, it literally says that. God told him, you do it. You do it. God told him. God, Moses couldn't part the sea. Yeah. Yeah. Go down to the river and pick you up a stick and walk up to the river and do that. See what happens. And step off the bank. Somebody's going to come after you. But now God had told them to go across. That was the word. So when Moses done that, it was an act of faith. And the sea parted. See, that's what took place. I said that shows the difference between a spoken supernatural word from God, a rhema word, and going to the word and just picking something out for ourselves. Yes, that shows the difference. Because he had a word. Uh, I know some people are afraid to take that step. We've all been afraid to take that step. I was... I was, I'll admit it, Wednesday night, I was a little bit afraid, intimidated to teach that age group. 
Brother Andy. Uh, I'm, this this is all the glory to God, but it's it's if Elder Robert didn't have the relationship that he's got with God, and if Elder Robert didn't step out when God talks to him, and when God told him, he gave him that little bitty nudge. If he hadn't have done that, and those children, those kids up there, those teenagers in that place, and I'm not saying that they never, I know that they get revelation knowledge and they get what they need when Pastor Casey and Pastor, and Pastor Michelle are there, but those, that was a life-changing experience for those children up there Wednesday night. They received something that I can't say they've never done it before, never got that before, but that was life-changing right there. And I got to witness God working in those young people. And I thank you for that. I thank you, Brother Elder Robert, for stepping out and, and hear, hearing God and doing it. That brings up another another point when God is asking us to step out it's not just for me it's not just for me it is always yes I get something out of it but it is always for somebody else that's what the whole vision is is to yes I will get something out of it but it is for somebody else you're helping somebody else come up. You're helping somebody else get delivered. And if we never step out, we're never helping anybody. We're never helping anybody. So, uh, can, is the song still playing? Turn it up just a little bit. But the key is we've got to have that relationship and we've got to get this vision of this ministry. We've got to embrace this vision. Turn down just a little. We've got to embrace this vision and make it ours. Until it becomes ours. It's like it's like getting a new car. You can go to the dealership and look at them all day long, test drive them. But when it becomes yours, you drive it off the parking lot and you take it home. It's the same with this vision. When it becomes yours, when it becomes rooted and grounded in you, it becomes yours. You take it home. You take it to Walmart. You take it to work. You don't just come to church to participate in it. You are. It becomes a part of you. You Elder. are the walking vision. Uh, something else I just saw, and that's that uh, when you take ownership of it, you're also responsible for it. Yes. You're, you're responsible for taking it wherever you go. You're responsible for the upkeep and not letting it degradate and tear down and get all rotted. It's your responsibility to keep that up. 
that's 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 a big part right there. You're responsible for the upkeep, which means you're responsible to push this vision. You're responsible to not just watch this vision in action. You're responsible to push this vision. And the way you push this vision is you hear what God says and you do it. Even you do it. Amen. I think my time is up. Lord, we just ask right now that you help us to embrace this vision. That this vision, that we embrace it to the point that it becomes a part of us. Or that it becomes us. That it goes beyond just being a part. It becomes who we are. It becomes ingrained in us to the point that it that it just comes out wherever we are. Because this vision does not is not set up just to operate right here. It is to operate everywhere we go. We are to be a walking vision. That's our purpose, to be a walking vision. Amen.